listening to Fox Sports Radio. 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 This is Straight Out of Vegas with the voice of Vegas, your host, R.J. Bell. The pregame show America has always wanted. I doubt the future. I doubt the future. From the Vegas Strip, here's R.J. Bell. Let's start with the. I want to get into what we saw with our eyes with the Rams in this parade because I do think this says something about not only the Rams, but the NFL in general, the direction we're moving in. Rams hold a parade. Sean McVay, Aaron Donald, both with cup in hand on the mic, screaming about run it back, bringing back the super team. So maybe all the talk about them retiring. A little premature, uh, but obviously well, Vegas has off, odds on both well, those. Well, hold on, hold on, hold on. How can talk of retirement be premature? Meaning, once retirement happens, there isn't talk of it. So, like, you got to speculate, right? Fair it, enough. Especially when both of them have said, both of them have said, we. I, who knows? Did you believe him? I of still them? believe him. Do you think? Do you think a drunken Aaron Donald screaming "Let's run it back" is good? Is like legally binding? No, but I don't. <laughs> I don't think he's got any interest in retiring. Oh. And how do you know this exactly? I don't. How, I mean, uh, you guys used to talk once a week, right? Has that dropped off? We talk about as much as you and Brady, and you know he's coming back. No, 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 no. I don't know that. I was the first national guy to talk about it the way I did, which now seems to have become like the common thing. It is the common thing but now. But somehow, you know, and that's why, remember our catchphrase sports bettors listen for the money, sports fans listen to no more than their buddies. Well, everyone knew more listening here. That's true. And now it's just become accepted. Well, fine. I'll, I'll, maybe I'll be like Kafka, the undiscovered genius one day. Though I'm not really a genius. Yeah, my you're mom not really said, undiscovered. My mom said so, but okay, but go ahead. <laughs> yeah, and I'll just, then I'll just play RJ and put it out there. Aaron Donald's not retiring this year. Okay, but there's a difference. I said something that was like 95-5, and you're saying something Well, you're smarter than me. <laughs> You're sa- All right, I'm going to make a prediction. Yeah, you're, you're better at this. I'm going to make a prediction. At least one of the next two years in February will not be leap year. Ooh. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Yeah. We'll see. Okay. <laughs> We're straight out of Vegas. But here's my point, though, on this. What is Sean McVay's motivation? He wants a new contract. Now, John Middlecoff, who is a former scout, has a good podcast on Collins Network, a podcast, and... He said Sean McVay, that conversation on his annual salary should start at $20 million. Now, it wasn't that long ago that a head coach made, like the best head coaches were making five or six million in the NFL. You agree with that, AJ? Yeah, that's as far as I would know. It's, it's always hard to find locked in salaries for NFL coaches. And then. There's been some, you know, last couple of years, there's a general sense of it going up. Also, a sense of we don't know all that they're making. Maybe it's more than we think. And now you're hearing estimates of Belichick at 25, Andy Reid at 15, Sean Payton formerly at 15. Which are different than the numbers that are reported. Yeah. And, yeah. and you can say this, like guys like Belichick have additional duties that they're compensated for. And you could say we have no idea how they're being compensated, meaning, 
if you're a billionaire, if you're Kraft, and, and I mean, his days are numbered just like all of us, but his, his count is probably lower than most as you're moving in your 80s or whatever, you think you're really worried. I mean, you want to be happy. You want to have your team win. If you say, hey, Belichick, here's uh, 10% of this company. After you uh, coach five more years, you'll vest and have 10% of this company that might be worth you know, $500 million. All of a sudden, Belichick just made an extra 50. And you know what? For Kraft, it was like a quarter in the seat cushion. I know that rich people don't think like that, but at the end of your life, when it's your main thing, you know, the NFL, your team, who knows what's going on? Would, there's more than a few. I mean, Cuban, allegedly, allegedly, people say that Cuban had a deal like that with with uh, Dirk. That the idea was okay. We got a salary cap, but we're so close. Here's a handshake, and oh by the way, we'll set you up in some deals after you retire. And oh, and you see that even where someone's a team ambassador, it's usually for less money that kind of thing. But they'll have someone, a former player, that's making two hundred a year as the team ambassador, which means what? They show up to the games. Yeah, they shake some hands, take pictures with people. There's a lot of that money flowing that we don't exactly know. Right, and I got no problem. It doesn't it. fall under the salary cap, importantly. But none of it does, and you made a good point, which is how can a team in a hard cap league gain an edge with money by spending money? And your thought was, you, you can throw it at the coaching staff because there's no cap on how much you can you're allowed to spend on coaches. So if you're willing to go out and pay the best coaches. You can do that and have an advantage that your other that your opponents can't have, or, or may or may not. Or have, have the right. choice to have. Yeah. So this shows itself in college football. I I think uh, if you look at like Ohio State, Alabama, the biggest of the big boys, the OC for Ohio State, like they make like two million a year. Line coaches, they have O line coaches that make a million dollars a year. I mean, think about that. In college, an O-line coach. I mean, I remember I, I knew people around the Houston University program in the early, you know, like 2003 and four. Like the D-backs coach was making like $75,000, right? So, to me, the colleges, the biggest boys are paying head coaches like they're presidents of universities. They're paying OCs like they're head coaches, position coaches like they're OCs or DCs. And they're playing, paying quality control people like they're like they're position coaches. All the way down, everyone. And what do you get? You get one level better at each position, typically. Clemson last year spent four point six million dollars between their OC and DC. And 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 the, the what the DC's at Oklahoma now. Yeah, he's right? gone now. So that's what I'm saying. A guy that was chosen by Oklahoma to be the head coach has been for many years was the DC. That's what you get when you pay that kind of money. And that's become more and more common. It, it, there was a time where, and I I was actually working in Austin when this happened, when Will Muschamp became the first million dollar assistant, and that was like in 2005, I think. And now. Boom. Almost everybody has, almost every big time program has at least a million dollar assistant. So the NFL has a cap, and you know what? Pay your coaches. And Mike Lombardi, friend of the show, has said that for years. That's a place to gain an edge, right? If you, if, if Jim, Jerry Jones, if he would have went to Sean McVay 10 years ago and said, I'm going to pay you 30 a year to coach. How would that have affected anything in, in Jerry Jones's life? Wouldn't have. And the Cowboys probably have a world title at this point. I mean, you got to figure. So I think we're starting to see people are waking up to that. And Sean McVay wants his taste at the trough. I got no problem with that. Here's where I got a problem. 
Sean McVay's passion is what? It doesn't. And listen, I'm 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 observing from a distance. I'm not acting like I know Sean McVay. Even if I knew Sean McVay, I know a lot of people that surprise the heck out of me. I surprise myself sometimes. We don't know everything. We never do. But boy, I asked AJ before the show. I said, "What's the odds that ten years from today, Sean McVay's coaching?" What if I wanted to say no? What would you give me odds wise? And you said, "I'd make you lay minus two hundred." So you think the odds are about one one in three that McVay's coaching in ten years? Yeah, he doesn't strike me as a, a lifer. 40, he'd be forty six years old. I know. So what does that say? It, that he's not married to football. Well, he's, I think he's married to football. He's not married to being a head coach in football. Because I mean, supposedly, I mean, he's not going to go to the stock market, right? He probably becomes an announcer or something. Probably, yeah. But works on television. To me, and you know what's funny? This makes John Madden sound wrong. And maybe in hindsight, I don't know. But if Sean McVay went to TV like now, let's say, and he had a thirty-year career or forty-year career in TV to seventy-six, let's say, right? Thirty-six, seventy-six, forty years. He would be like Madden. Madden was only coach for like nine or ten years. I didn't realize that. I didn't yeah. realize his career was so short. As a yeah, coach. he retired when he was like forty, and he was super young when he got hired. Check that, McKenzie. How old was Madden when he retired? And how many years? I'm almost certain he was like. Now that I think about it, he was like forty-three. Is what my guess is going to be when he retired. Never coached again. He won a title very late. I don't even know if it was last year or Super Bowl twelve. I think it was. I can't remember. 42. All right, so he was 42 when he retired. And how many years did he coach as a head coach? Nine seasons with the Raiders. Wow. See, and you know what? And was the last year the Super Bowl year? No, it was two years earlier. All right, so he won, had a couple more tries, didn't, retires. And you know what? Super Bowl winner, John Matt. And it's true. And he carries it with him forever. Now he's on video games. Well, and he never got debunked. Meaning, if McVeigh, if McVeigh isn't all that, because a lot of people don't think he is, a lot of smart people that know more football than me, then wouldn't his move be if you if you're playing a guy in horse and you know he's better than you and you win the first one, you're not gonna want to play that next one, do you? No, and it's funny you say that because I just looked up John Madden's win percentage as a coach. Huge. 73 percent yeah he so it's it's like that's a number that's undeniable mm-hmm. like if you say was was John Madden a great coach well yeah 73 percent and if he, he went, coaches he went t- over 100 games too so it's all the minimums are like you're with more than 100 games more than 100 games still, Super Bowl and 73 percent and he, he has the highest win percentage still of anyone with more than 100 games so it was the perfect time to step out unless it's your lifer right out of Vegas! Be sure to catch live editions of Straight Out of Vegas weekdays at 6 p.m. Eastern, 3 p.m. Pacific on Fox Sports Radio and the iHeartRadio app. You can listen on the iHeartRadio app. Just search for Straight Out of Vegas here in Vegas on the Strip. 64 degrees and neon is pumping. All right, RJ, let's get to this this fresh new data. Well, but or crank up. remember now we're going to get to Tom Brady, but let's finish the McVeigh stuff. Okay. And and what I'm going to do real quick here is let's talk about the odds. We talked about them in the headlines, but what are the odds that Aaron Donald leaves or retires? Vegas actually has this number fairly high. It's plus 185 on the yes. That's about 30%. Minus 280 on the no, that's about 70%. 70-30, Donald retires. You say no. Eddie. I say no. Because of his drunken declaration? No, because I just don't I don't think guys, I think all athletes know they've got a certain shelf life, and I don't think that Aaron, Aaron Donald realizes he's still got 
so much left on on the tires that he's he's not going anywhere right now. Okay, so yeah, I mean, I don't think anyone thought that it was about him dropping off. I don't think Aaron Donald believe like I don't think Aaron Donald's a, a television guy. Like, what's Aaron Donald going to go maybe do? Maybe he wants to maybe he wants to spend time with his family. I hate when the, the, to spend time with your family. I'm never going <laughs> to buy it. I'm never buying it. No, they, it's interesting when they take the job. They never say. Well, one of the reasons is I very much wanted to spend less time with my family. But that's the reason the why a lot of people take jobs. That's why I took this job. <laughs> that's AJ Hoffman. I'm not AJ Hoffman. I'm RJ Bell. Okay, Sean McVay. We know that to some degree this is a uh, leverage play. Hey, you're under contract. Well, how? What do you say? Maybe I'm going to retire and spend time with the family. Well, Vegas is more skeptical of that. 85% chance he returns, 15% chance he doesn't. As we speculated, McVay could leave now and be a legend and never have it debunked. Serious X's and O's people don't think McVay's elite. Where do you, and remember, your instinct here is going to be to say, I'm going to ask, where's McVeigh on your list of 1 to 32? Now, the instinct is going to be to say, okay, I want, I'm skeptical. So um, the average person is going to say 4 or 5. I'm going to say 7 or 8. What's your answer? I, I was going to say probably six. <laughs> uh-huh. So, I, <laughs> and, But your mindset was it's not quite what people think. It's not top five. Okay. BS. To me, the question, I don't know, BS, but another angle on this is, how good is he? How, what is he good at? Here's what I'll say. I can't judge some of it. I can't judge, oh, the way he's sealing the edge here on this reverse. I, I don't even try, though. I let other people critique the X's and O's. And unequivocally, he, he seems to be considered a lot of hype in that regard. What is he good at then? I think he might be the best. Sean McVay might be and probably is the best at managing superstar talent and ego. This is an all-star team in a way. It's a very top-heavy team. OBJ would be the poster child maybe in this era of a diva receiver. He goes to the Rams and lo and behold, he toes the line. Team player. And you might say, well, Donald's not the type to cause trouble. Stafford's not. Yeah, they're all superstars. And superstars usually are demanding, even if they're not known as squeaky wheels. But man, oh, man, I got no sense of any discord, of any. I mean, when's the last time an NFL team had like an all-star team like that, that there wasn't that kind of discord, that kind of uh, conflict? Tampa, Tampa Bay last year, and then it sort of. Showed itself this year. <laughs> yeah, I mean, really, think about it. Um, and who knows what was good? Brady had such a rain on that thing. Who knows what was meaning? I credit Brady for last year uh, more than Arians for oh, sure. Jo- Listen, what has Bruce Arians ever done when Tom Brady wasn't his quarterback? And I'm saying he was only his quarterback for two years. It's not like Belichick and Brady. We had 20 years. Nothing. I mean, he was fine with. Listen, he was fine with the Cardinals. He got fired by the Steelers as OC. Then he went and coached great with the Colts, and they still got. Well, I guess there was a thing with the guy with uh, Chuck Pagano. Yeah, with the cancer. I, I don't know how that all went down. But all you got to know about Arians is, in my opinion, go to his Wikipedia page and look at where he, how he left each job. There was only one instance that he got a promotion from within. Now, usually in coaching, it happens the other way. You'll jump jobs, but it's not the. But typically, you're going to get promotions from within, then jump a job, then promotion from within. 
one time, it was when the Steelers took him from wide receivers coach to QB or to uh, OC, and then he got fired as the OC. By the, by the team that never fires anybody. Absolutely. The, the OCs with Big Ben, you know, hey, what was his name? Haley? Yeah. yeah. Uh, was it Todd Haley? Yeah, yeah. The KC guy, yeah. So, in general, I'm not an Arians fan. In general, I thought it was one of the most atrocious things I've ever seen a coach do when he would always badmouth Brady after the games and make it seem like he was like democratic in his like badmouth and like y'all call or you know if someone does wrong I don't care if they're in the Hall of Fame or they're a rookie I'm gonna tell them it's like yeah but why are you telling the media <laughs> I mean yeah and and again this is one observation but just around the various radio I've done over the years, he was famous, Arians, for like the biggest show for not show, but the biggest ham for radio time in the history. I mean, this guy, when he was in a position you wouldn't think he'd want to do this hit, he'd do that hit and drive there and give you a coffee before the hit. <laughs> it was a rumor. And again, that's a rumor, so we'll call it what it is. But it's almost like, well, where's the beef? With Arians. So, yeah, let's give Brady credit, but let's give, I mean, McVeigh massive credit for managing egos. And you know what? Maybe that's the job these days. Maybe it's a bigger job to deal with the modern player than it is X's and O's. Because I think his X's and O's are not elite. Well, and you said before the show, like, how important are X's and O's for a head coach? Their job is not to be, not necessarily to be the the, uh, the offensive coordinator, the defensive coordinator, they're the CEO. So they, they need to f- just surround themselves with good people. But here's the question, and this is a existential question for NFL coaching, as in it will dictate almost everything to some degree or the other. Is what you're saying true? And if it is, meaning it's a CEO coach that's supervising, well, what happens? You're not a tech guy, right? You're not like a coder. No. Okay. So if you hired a coder, like your former partner, Fred, Fred Fowler in Houston, longtime partner, friend of mine, you know, longtime partner of yours, he has done work in websites or whatever, and he's not a tech. And he's telling people, hey, uh, I need this, this, and this. And they say, okay, it's going to take three weeks. Fred has no idea if it's going to take three minutes, and, and they're going to be whittling for the next week. Right? He's just got to say, yep, yep, yep. It's a black box is what they call it, right? You can't see in it. You only see what comes out of it. Well, if you're not a coach that can coach special teams, that can coach offense, Belichick can coach any position on the field at any time. He's probably a better coach than any of his coaches at every position. He's a better special teams coordinator than the special. Think, who would you rather have your special teams coordinator be? The guy that's for the Patriots right now or Bill Belichick? Bill Belichick. All right. And go down the list, right? What don't you want Belichick to do? Uh, maybe offensive coordinator. No, no. He'd be very good at offensive coordinator. Okay. First of all, any D.C. could be – I mean, it's, it's two sides of the same coin, right? I mean, but the point is, no one's Belichick. But if you're not someone that can say BS, that excuse isn't okay, the coverage, blah, 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 then how can you really be the supervisor? That's the, that's a tough question. I know, and, and the fact, like you like you mentioned, Belichick, and he's the 
he's the the breaker of every rule that's written, but he's also been in the game for so long that he's had time to learn all this stuff. Mm-hmm. A guy like Sean well, McVay, shouldn't a head coach shouldn't a head coach usually be a senior person? Sure, but a guy like Sean McVay, and that's the way the NFL is going. The NFL is going younger. Look what the what, who the Vikings just hired. That's that's the move is to find these guys when they're young and hope that they blossom into the next Belichick. That's what everybody's hoping for. Well, no one. That's the thing. No one's trying to be the next Belichick because, as we said in the last segment, McVay probably odds are won't be in the league in 10 years. So how do you ever get the decades you need to become that guy? This is, I always say about Bob Dylan, it's like Shakespeare touring the country that one day we'll look back or maybe not because it'll be so long in the future that it's going to be like, can you believe that guy was just going around playing? You can just go pay money and watch him. Yeah, I mean, because imagine going to see Shakespeare's plays with Shakespeare in the audience or whatever. It was... I believe Dylan's at that level. I think in football, Belichick's at that level. And we're not who's the next Belichick? Like Andy Reid, but Andy Reid's gonna be retired probably pretty much the same time as Belichick. Who's the senior coaches that you're gonna say that's the next no, not even the next Belichick, that's the next guy you can say he can coach every position. A guy like Zimmer maybe was in that league or you know, the next league. But, oh, he doesn't do player management good enough. He's too gruff. He's too demanding. I mean, Zimmer was a a very elite scheme guy. Just wasn't a people person. Is it maybe like a John Harbaugh or a Pete Carroll? But those guys are getting old, too. Well, Pete Carroll's 70, right? And, and, I mean, the funny thing is Andy Reid's like 64. Right. (laughs) Pete Carroll feels so much younger than him. I hear you. I hear you. But, I mean, I think those are two extremes right there. You know, Andy's got that. Andy looked old. When he was 45, he looked real old. (laughs) But 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 they say that he works like no one's business. Yeah, you see. Let's be honest. We all have our biases. You see a heavy set person, you think probably not a, like a, a grinder, right? Yeah. Typically, you think he, he's like to relax. Well, from what I hear, just people, you know, casual people or people I casually know that have worked with him, he grinds as much as anyone in on in the league, Andy Reid. So give the guy credit. But I Harbaugh, the funny thing about him, you know, he never was a he, he never was a coordinator. I mean special teams guy. Uh, yeah, special teams coordinator is kind of a new position. Yeah. It's usually special teams coach, but yeah, so and again, give him credit. Baltimore has amazing special teams year after year. But I don't know how much uh, does Harbaugh know the other stuff at that level. Because you look at Joe Judge, I mean, one of the things about Belichick's disciples or, you know, the tree is they often are young, right? And and because, hey, they get a name with Belichick, they get a job like Joe Judge, they don't have the experience. I mean, Joe Judge was never a coordinator in the league, except for special teams. So to some degree, and it's interesting, he is rehired, but he's not even a, a coordinator with Belichick. You know, he's like, uh, I think he's quarterback's coach is what they're doing with him now. But he's not a coordinator. Right. So, which actually doubles back to the idea of Alabama and Ohio State, how one of the other ways they spend a lot of money is to bring like an O'Brien in, bring a Sark in, to be like a consultant on offense. I mean, and that's which what, basically is a favor to them to rehab their images. At least well, that's what no, the last couple well, of years. Well, it has been. certainly is an opportunity for them. But Saban's getting his. Don't worry. <laughs> I mean, because he works. At, I mean, you know, he's famous for working people to the bone. But this was the same thing the Patriots did with Mike Lombardi. So Lombardi was the GM of the Browns, 
right? Got fired, and he was still under contract, so he was making that money for like the next two or three years. And then he went into New England, and he was getting paid like a real modest amount. And he was director of special projects. So what he said was, Belichick would come and go. I'm wondering about timeouts when we're right. We have the ball and we're up. I want you to do a study, and he'll have he had Lombardi do like a month just researching one thing, and come back and give him the you know the the document saying here's my results, here's my conclusions. People are thinking Belichick's not thinking about the timeout. I mean, like the stuff that he does to try to understand how to do these things on the football field. It's not just his brain. He researches it the whole offseason. But a guy like Lombardi, they were paying modest money to. And then once his money from the Browns ended, he went, you know, he said this on air. He went to, you know, I re- as I recall him telling the story, he went to Belichick and said, OK, I'd like to do something. And he goes, well, we can only pay you what we're paying you now. And then he left and went and did something else. No, no acrimony there, but it was like an opportunity to, for Lombardi. And Lombardi got, I think, two Super Bowl rings out of it, so that's pretty good. Worked out. Yeah. So, in general, where the league is going is to coordinators who are really head or glorified coordinators that are head coaches because that's the way you keep the good coordinators. If you make a guy, I mean, let's be honest, LaFleur probably wasn't ready to be a head coach. No, but look at his great results. Because Lafleur is probably a top, co- you know, top five coordinator, right? Frank Reich, same thing. I don't know. See, that's interesting. Although he's, he strikes me as a guy who's going to be able to do it all one day. Yeah, maybe. But Reich struck me, and you know, we're only observing from a distance. But in general. What's happening is these OCs are in such demand that they hire them as head coaches, figuring we're paying them like a head coach. They're a head coach, and uh, we won't lose our OC. Because what ha- what happens, the Dayball, what happens is once you get a name, you're going to get hired up. Now the question is, does Dayball call plays, or does he is he a head coach? It's hard to be both. Well, yeah, and Dayball was a play caller, and I don't know what he'll do now. But the, the other side, if you get a guy like McVay or one of these offensive genius types, yeah. and you don't worry as much about someone plucking away your OC. Straight out of Vegas! Be sure to catch live editions of Straight Out of Vegas weekdays at 6 p.m. Eastern, 3 p.m. Pacific. For those interested, I'm not going to say much about McKenzie. I'm just going to say one thing. Because he's gone? Oh, well, hold on. Hold on. I'm just going to say one thing, and that'd be all I say about it. Got a lot of holes in the desert. All right, that's it. <laughs> that's it. Let's go to Tom Brady. <laughs> All right, Tom Brady, who you've led the charge on as far as guys maybe— This made no sense. Meaning him retiring made no sense, and I don't think he wanted to retire. I think he's—one way or the other, he's going to come back. Let me ask you this. What odds would you have to get right now that Tom Brady takes another snap in the NFL? Would you take even money on the yes? I think it's probably—yeah, probably a coin flip to me now. Wow. Now, who in the who has ever retired, and within a week they think, oh, this is you know, like I guess Ali retired a bunch or Sinatra, back, but I mean, like this feels so unusual in so many ways. Yeah, got, like Ricky Williams retired, but mostly because he was mad he couldn't smoke, and then he came back eventually when he needed the money. Oh, you comparing Ricky Williams and Tom Brady? No, I was just trying to come up with someone who retired yeah, and came I back. Yeah, I mean. My but, point is, oh, go ahead. But the fact that Tom Brady's 40, what, 44, 43 years old, and we're considering that maybe, he's, maybe he's not done. 
That's no, the but, craziest part. Yeah, is, but that's the part we've talked about for a hundred years or for five years now, right? Tom Brady aged slower than any quarterback in history. That's the given. So we can't say, well, it's not crazy that he retired at forty-four. No, here's the question, and this is the craziest part. No one's talking about this with the data. How good was Tom Brady last year? How good was Tom Brady the year before? Let's say two years we're looking at. Because, one, that's his two years with Tampa, which would have been the most telling about next season, right? And, obviously, as you're getting older, your last years matter more, right? We can't talk about him 10 years ago. How do we grade how good a quarterback is? Well, here's where I've landed. We take half a QBR, which is how the team is done passing the ball on offense and running the ball when the quarterback runs. And then how he does, or a quarterback does, with his PFF grade. Because that says how he's doing. The guy drops the ball or not, it doesn't matter. It's how he's doing. So it's kind of a hybrid. Separates him from his team. Yes. But let's be candid. There are some things a quarterback does you can't measure by his mechanics or whatever. So the team numbers matter, too. That's why we go 50-50. Most people agree with this. I mean, and again, I think it's, I don't know how to do better. Here are the top quarterbacks over the last two years. Aaron Rodgers is number one. Tom Brady is number two. Josh Allen is three. Patrick Mahomes is four. Tannehill, five. Herbs, Herbert, six. Murray, Kyler Murray, seven. Russell Wilson, Derek Carr, Kirk Cousins, Stafford, Prescott, Burrow. Now, that sounds like a hell of a list, meaning does anyone seem like, oh, they don't belong there? You might say— The one that surprised Tana me— Tannehill's a little high. Yeah, Tannehill's a little higher than I would have thought. But the one that really surprised me that he's still on that, that high on the list is Russell Wilson. Okay, but remember, Russell—well, first of all, when you say high on the list, what's he, eighth? Yeah. But what I'm saying is Russell Wilson's someone that we thought was maybe the second-best right. quarterback not, not that long ago. No, so there's right. been a real drop. Now, if you look at Russell Wilson since he came back from the mallet finger, it was bad. Yeah. So who knows what's going to happen, right? But think about this. Now, if you look at the bottom of the league, it also seems correct. The last, Sam Darnold. Yes. <laughs> he was scared, but still. I, I Personally, I think it's the mono. Lingering effects of mono. All right. Never going away. Big Ben, the corpse of Big Ben. Tua, this is in reverse order from the bottom. Bridgewater. Hurts, Goff, Jimmy G, Wentz, Daniel Jones, Baker Mayfield. I mean, it's almost like this is my list, meaning it's like it's almost perfect on what you and Tannehill a little high, but listen, he had a loss. Whatever, he grades well. So sure. okay, maybe he's better than we think. He had one bad game. Who, what quarterback has ever Josh Allen's been considered the future of the NFL? And his last two years are by far his only two good years, right? Yep. So the two best years from Josh Allen. Fall short of Tom Brady for the last two years. The last two years. Age 43 and 44. And he says, you know what? My stated goal is I'm going to play to 45. He said a long time ago. He has two. If, if I would have told you three years ago, Brady's going to be this good in 2020, he's going to be this good in 21 to the point that there's a two time MVP, Rodgers, and then there's him. And all, Patrick Mahomes, the greatest quarterback ever, he's below. Josh Allen's below. And then he's going to be one year from a stated goal of 45. He's going to say within six days of the end of the season, I'm done. Enough. 
it, it, it is incomprehensible. Something is going on that we have no idea about. I think you do have an idea, and you've you've kind of been at the forefront. I don't think he wants to play for the Tampa Bay Bucks anymore. I think there's something with AB and Bruce Arians that he knows that 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 just rubs him the wrong way, or it might be as simple as he felt like Arians threw him under the bus when because because let's be honest, uh, that's a black mark for Brady because AB. Brady stuck his neck out for yeah. AB. Yeah, and and if if AB is now suing the team and things like it, it's just it, it got ugly, and I think Brady didn't like the way it went down. And why would he retire? Because what it allows for is for Tampa Bay to pick their quarterback. It allows for time to pass. And lo and behold, he says, you know what, guys? I got the bug. I've been I've been thrown a little bit. Gronk came down for a barbecue. We were tossing it around. I'm ready to go, maybe in May or June. And lo and behold, hey, Buck's got a quarterback already. That's over. That's Because if you say I'm leaving Tampa Bay, he looks like he's title hunting. This way, he has this hiatus, he gets a lot of love, and then when he comes back, it's going to be even more exciting, right? Because we thought he was gone. Like, when that girlfriend left you, when she came back, you were happy. I was happy. But you weren't happy the day before she left. Nope. That's the story. <laughs>